and your Amsasia podcast. Yo, pick your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm this week's host, Rick Stockfish, and today we're talking with William Chang. William is a keen trail runner. He's completed quite a lot of big races himself. But the reason we connected with him is his work uh, photographing trail events around the region. He's a keen photographer, as you'll find out, uh, the son of quite a famous photographer in Malaysia. Um, but he has increasingly become uh, a bit of a name on the scene. He photographs for the Asia Trailmaster series of events. And he works closely with uh, former podcast guest JP Alipio uh, on the Cordillera Conservation Trust uh, and has also photographed their races there. So we were keen to connect with him and find out what goes into shooting those classic race shots and get a different perspective on uh, the world of trail running. So without further ado, here's William Chang. Tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. William, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. Thank you, Rick. Nice uh, meeting you. Yeah, it's our first time meeting, but we were we were introduced through JP, who we had on the podcast recently. Yes, yeah. And he's a, he's a good friend of yours. Yeah, um, I volunteer for the uh, CCT. Uh, it's been for the past, I think... Um, well, I met him in the first race in the uh, CMU, uh, Cordillera Mountain uh, Marathon, CMM, sorry, in the, in Pulak. And subsequently, the race uh, shifted to uh, Dalaparit. That's the uh, CMU that uh, yeah. you know, yeah. So I've been working with uh, his team uh, for the past, uh, volunteering for the team for the past uh, four years now. Yeah, I'm not sure. My um, my Strava photo profile photo is a picture from of me running the CMU back in 2017. It might well be something that you you may have shot it yourself. Really? I guess. Gonna have a look. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have to show you. Yeah. Um, but let's let's just go back a little bit. Um, you're a, a a trail and and adventure photographer. But um, where did you grow up, and where are you from originally? Okay, uh, I grew up in uh, Ipoh, Malaysia. That's my hometown. Uh, it's stuck between uh, Penang and uh, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Ipoh is famous for its uh, limestone hills. We call it the Kinta Valley. Yeah. And I grew up uh, there. Uh, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Uh, my family, they are very outdoorsy. What sort, of, what sort of things were you doing as a child? Uh, as a child, uh, we run, we walk, we hike, mountain bike, camp. And my dad is a photographer, so uh, he does a lot of uh, shoots for commercially and as well as for uh, Malaysian, uh, Malaysian Nature Society. We, we used to have this uh, a magazine for the Malaysian Nature Society and uh, weekends are just going out about shooting, running, uh, that just sort my life here. Yeah. And then uh, back then, uh, trail running didn't exist and we were basically running around in estates in the uh, gum shoes here. And um, that's Ipoh. Um, I've lived there all my teenage life until when I started college there. Then I left for the UK for my studies and then all the way back to Malaysia. And then I came here to Singapore for my postgraduate work. Yeah. So when was that? When did you arrive in Singapore? Uh, 1999. Okay. In a blink of an eye, it's close to 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so you, you've given up the hills of Ipoh for 
wraps at Bukitima and yeah, no, not really. Uh, when I head back to uh, Chinese New Year, uh, we have this uh, very famous hill called the Kledang uh, uh, Hills. Okay. And that's where I try to sneak uh, an evening out just to run. And, yeah. and uh, it's always nice to go back to your place, uh, places where I used to climb, run. And when I go back, so, well, let's see how I'm, I'm faring this time. Last year, I did it with an hour. This year, perhaps even, even less. So it's always nice to go back to to uh, my hometown, and um, in Malaysia and uh, in Ipoh and uh, Menglembu, where okay. the Kledang Hills are. Seems like Malaysia is becoming a real hotspot for for trail running. Actually, they had the the Malaysia Mountain Trail Festival last weekend. Yes, yes, that race uh, was supposed to be there, but uh, last minute I just couldn't go because I have work in uh, Indonesia. Uh, Eugene is a good friend of ours. Um, I'm really happy. I've been following the race um, in, in when I was in the Bandung last week. Uh, it turned out to be pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, good. yeah. It seemed like it's and it's it was the conclusion of the Asia Trail Master Series, yes. um, which is a, that's a, an organization that you've done some work for, I believe. Yes, uh, Asia Trail Master. It's something that I've been uh, helping and supporting for the past two three years. Uh, and then uh, being the uh, photographer and the race observer for the past three years. This year, uh, it's been a tremendous uh, uh, growth uh, in ATM. And, and uh, well, the last race ended last weekend and in 2020, we will begin again in Tahura. Yeah. And that is also very a nice race. Uh, so um, if Agong is listening, <laughs> doing a pilot promotion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe yeah. We, we can we'll talk in a minute about how you yeah. how you came to to start being a photographer yourself. But perhaps we could start with a little bit of your own kind of endurance sports background. So you you grew up as a child. You were outdoors a lot, and you're doing a lot of hiking and biking. Yes. And then, uh, when did you start to to enter races? And and what are the races that you've you've done? Okay, uh, when I got to the age of 40, um, I decided, well, I need to change my lifestyle um, because of work and traveling. Uh, I went back to running. And you're, sorry, your day job is quite, you're quite yeah, sedentary? Or you're, you're my day job uh, requires me to travel a lot in Asia. And okay. uh, I'm the, a consulting civil engineer. Okay. And I work on an area called geotechnics, which is looking at how the ground responds to when you build something on top of it, earthquake problems, landslides. And I go about um, uh, uh, promoting uh, uh, the solutions, and also I teach uh, universities and uh, running seminars. Okay. I travel about like um, close to two weeks or three weeks in a month. Uh, at least this year, yes. Uh, so lots of lots of time, just yeah, yeah. cramped Lock up on airplanes. Yes. And, okay. And my carbon footprint is very high, unfortunately. So I'm doing my best to sort of reduce it. Yeah. You have to start running to get to these places. Yeah. So running for me has been uh, well. I, I returned to running in, when I was 40 years old. It's quite a big step in a person's life in 40s. Yep. Um, and started with. 21Ks, 42Ks, then I did my first 50K or ultra officially in TMBT okay. in 2015. And did you did you jump straight into the trails or were you on, you started running on the road or? I started running a road just to get myself up to speed, to mm -hmm. get the licks, cardiovascular, and then to, uh, I would never imagine going beyond uh, 42K. I used to remember when I was looking at some of these magazines in Action Asia, 100 kilometers, how on earth did this guy run these sort of long distances? 
Oh, I could never mean, but that sort of thing sort of put a seed up in my my head, uh-huh. and that's why I started fifty five. Well, not too bad. So that was that was TMBT twenty fifteen. Okay, not too bad. I survived. I survived. Then myself and our friends said, "Well, let's push push it a little longer. Let's go for seventy k." So we went to look at the magazines and look at the website. The first thing that came up was like there was a friend of mine. She said, "Well, let's head up to Bromo." I'd never been to Bromo. Yeah. And the first thing kids you saw those landscape there, amazing. That's where we're gonna go uh, in November. So we went to uh, to Bromo, Sandy K, uh, in 2015 again. Yeah, and that's a tough race, right? Like not just the distance, but the the, the ground underfoot. It is still one of those races that inspires me a lot, and it inspires how how I shoot. Uh, and then that was a very tough race because uh, of the terrain. Uh, back then. Uh, I don't know too much about myself in the endurance running. The training that's required, uh, the, f- the gear, the fueling. Um. So that was a good one because that race started somewhere at midnight. And then uh, it was the first time for me running at the kind of uh, conditions. So it was a good uh, learn a lot from that race. Yeah. And, and how, were you, how were you training at that point? What were you just trying to go longer and longer? I think the uh, the science of uh, sports physiology has uh, changed a lot for the last five years in my point of view. Uh, right now you can get a lot of uh, ideas about how to do. But back then it was just volume, volume, volume and then um, and for weekends uh, perhaps uh, a long run climbs. There wasn't anything on speed, there wasn't anything on like a recovery, you know, not knowing how to sort of like uh, go for the adaptation and all these things. Uh, that's the reason why in 2019-18 I had a bit sort of like uh, overtraining syndrome but back then you just like your body's too fresh just keep going and going and going how did that how did that manifest itself the overtraining uh, I think uh, too high of volume uh, that means a weekly you can go up to like 10 hours 12 hours 100 kilometers and there's no blocks to it mm-hmm. uh, basically I think uh, for me it's uh, three weeks up one week uh, tone down the, uh, the the volume and then you have these three blocks or four blocks where you prepare for a race yeah. and for me is that uh, you need to select your A races at a year maybe one or two and you train for in between you can feel the B races yeah. but those days no, you just keep on running I mean uh, I think for a well trained uh, professional athlete they can take in this kind of volume and what, and were the, what were the symptoms you were seeing of, of overtraining? Uh, tiredness. Uh, you just don't want to strap onto even to your hydration pack. Mm-hmm. You see a pair of shoes, oh God. <laughs> you get a bit uh, of a grumpy. Yeah. Uh, your whole sort of emotions start to change. I mean, trail running is supposed to be fun, but the moment is uh, y- you get to the position that you don't want to run and that you need to start to realize if something is not correct, yeah. So what did you do? Did you did you back off the training? Did you stop racing? I or? stopped racing for the whole year. I okay. went to other spots. Yeah. Uh, I took up candle. Uh, uh-huh. That's how to keep keep the body uh, 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 sharp. You know, yeah. And the mind as well. 
So coming to Brom Bromo was the second uh, ultra race. Then after that, uh, I think we qualified for STY in 2016 in Japan, the okay. UTMF. Yeah. They don't have STY anymore, right? Still, no, no, no. It. Yeah, yeah, no. That's the shorter, shorter edition yeah. of the UTMF. Yeah. That year was uh, 80 kilometers, and they shifted from spring season to to some in autumn. You know. There was quite a cold race. I didn't see Mount Fuji in that race throughout that five days. It was all covered. And that's how far is that? Is that 80? 80 kilometers, yeah. So you were, you were edging ever closer yeah. to the 100k yes, marks. Yes. You did 50, 70, 80. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then right after that, there was, I think, a few more races. Uh, I still Then I went to uh, CMM. I think it's a 50k race. Mm-hmm. Full marathon, 42, up to Pulak and down. The, that was how I fell in love with the Cordilleras. Just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful amazing. out there, isn't it's it? Amazing. Really, really and special. CMU was amazing because uh, if you look at the profiles, the trail runner, like, well, it's not too difficult. It's just going to be up and down. But it taught me another lesson. It's like long downhills can really kill mm-hmm. your legs. And I came back with uh, two black toes. Uh, I mean, I remember JP was like, well, well, welcome to the Cordilleras. <laughs> yeah. And then you went on from there, and then did, what was your first race outside of Asia? Out of Asia will be Japan, I think. Yeah, STY. And after, but did you, did you, you went and raced in Europe, or? Yes, uh, then 2017, uh, I call it fight for CCC, 2016, sorry. I think it's 2016 or 17. Yeah. 17, sorry, 17. It, remember this also I went for CCC 100k uh, I think it was 2016 I DNF at close to uh, at the midway point that year was really really hot you can see quite a lot of likes or uh, suffering I mean I had I vomited eight times okay and just couldn't reset and by the time I got into uh, Champalak my race was I knew was so yeah. you think, and you think it was the heat. I mean, you'd, you'd run pretty close to that distance before, and yeah, it was heat, and I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating the whole day. I was throwing up eight times. Yeah, uh, wheels came off somewhere, going up to uh, um, uh, one of the coals. Yeah, and by then, I was just surviving. I just couldn't meet the cutoff. And it's I funny because I guess you yeah. racing in Asia, you tend to think you're, you're, the one thing you do get used to is the heat, but it's a different yeah. kind of heat. You know. And you're up your higher altitude and high altitude, and the heat was a really kind of a scorching heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, DNF was a good good lesson. In fact, it was my first DNF, I think. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, it was my second DNF because the first DNF was a short trail run up in Indonesia. That is to Mount Merapi. There's this thing called the the Trail Goat Race. This was a 42 kilometers, but we've close to uh, 3,000 meters of climb. So we went to to Merapi. Uh, DNF because we got so totally lost. <laughs> um, so that was my first DNF. Then the second DNF was uh, was in CCC, and uh, it's one of those things. DNF is like. A taboo, but to me now DNF it's uh, it's a good thing because it it tells me what I'm not capable of. Mm-hmm. It tells me my weaknesses, so that I can prepare. So CCC 2016 uh, was a DNF, and 
that night itself, I knew that uh, I wanted to return to 2017 CCC and I went back straight to the drawing board. I signed up with a coach and then uh, we trained for that. Who's, who, which coach did you use? Uh, I used to train under the Moth Performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, that got me prepared very well. And then uh, I finished the race uh, in about, I think, 25 hours, I think, with a 30 minute break in the last checkpoint for breakfast. Yeah was a good one then I knew that uh, in some ways uh, how actually this sort of training works uh, based on the systems uh, now I still do that uh, yeah uh, but most important is, is the body needs to recover so that was the biggest change was it they, yeah, they, it was they, the biggest change. they force you to spend more time recovery yeah, not yeah. overtraining okay got to listen to your body eat and then with our kind of a work cycle work work, pr- work cycle you know traveling family and then you need to you need to include all these things as part of your training so that you can manage, okay, I'm going to squeeze in 30 minutes here, 45 minutes here between, so even I'm traveling in India, mm-hmm. I make sure that I book in a hotel that has a, has a, has a, has a, has a, has a trick meal. Yeah. Um, it's good that y- y- the hotels, you have all these uh, food, so it helps in that sense because traveling is tough for work. Uh, so, uh, it's about managing time and mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and focus. Yeah. yeah. And so you went on from you did your CCC and then you am I right in thinking you then came back and raced Hong Kong Hundred? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Hong Kong Hundred. That was my first successful hundred k before the Hong Kong Hundred in two thousand seventeen. That was prior to uh, uh, the CCC. Okay. Two thousand seventeen, which I called Redemption, but the Hong Kong. Uh, Vibram Hong Kong 100 in 2017 uh, did pretty well uh, I think how would you got uh, a bronze <laughs> oh, fantastic yeah, yeah yeah how would you um, compare those two races the Hong Kong and the, and the CCC I would say there are two different races uh, I think Hong Kong 100 the uh, way I look at it personally is back backloaded you have that last climb to Tamil Shan and I enjoyed a lot more stairs. Yeah, I am enjoy that race very much because I think it's a very good introduction race for anyone who wants to attempt a hundred k. But nowadays there's so many hundred k's. But I would still recommend that race as a, a sort of high fun factor to it. Yeah, uh, those checkpoints are just amazing. The one that you look at the camera fire with the scouts yeah. before that girl cam after that girl cam that camera fire just amazing. Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah. I think that Hong Kong is probably the best city in the world for yes, trail running. Exactly. Not just the trails, but that community is yeah. is, is unreal. Yeah. So you got a bronze. That's fantastic. So what was your what was your time that year? I think uh, it was twenty four, twenty four and a half. I think I can't remember, but uh, I got back in time again. <laughs> Just to qualify for bronze, uh, that year was a very cold year. Yeah. Uh, thereafter, I went for CCC. Then 2018, I went back to Hong Kong hundred again, but this time with not enough training, I survived. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you doing for nutrition in these races? What were you? Uh, is that something that more f- changed about your strategy or? Yes. Uh, I try to eat more balanced diet. I try to eat more of uh, raw organic stuff. Mm. I don't take uh, too much of a supplements because I think uh, you can get quite a lot of things that you need. Uh, I supplement with magnesium. Okay. Uh, and uh, what are you what are you fueling with during the race? Gels or are you? Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Uh, nowadays is uh, 
if you're fat adapted, I think mm-hmm. uh, you can. I don't need a lot of gels. Uh, perhaps if I look at the rays, if you see all these climbs coming up, I'll put a gel in. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and hydration is important. The electrolytes uh, is very important. I try to uh, take them more often. And what are you uh, what are you doing to be fat adapted? Are you are you on a kind of keto diet or? Yeah. So what the my coach did last time was that in the long weekend back to backs, uh, basically you start or run without any breakfast. You go for a long run with a uh, zone one kind of heart rate. You go out there four hours with say close to thousand two thousand meters of climb, just so basically going as slow as you can. Mm-hmm. I think it was like try to starve the body. It was hard in the beginning. Then on Sunday, within the 12 hours, we will do another, say, two, three, four hours of uh, slightly uh, 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 high-intensity run. Rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in the beginning, uh, I didn't understand these things. But when you race, when I race in the CCC 2017, when you feel like your body <coughs> is just so strong from up in the uh, Grand Coferay, the 18K going down to... Um, uh, all the way to Champalak was just you can feel the body is just mm-hmm. has a lot of energy in it, and then I don't really eat that much of the rice just uh, white rice and then some soup yeah and so you're doing most of your training that you do these days is it's you're doing it fasted yes okay especially the weekends yeah but the weekdays are 45 50 minutes of uh, uh, say uh, tempo runs mm-hmm. uh, climbs uh, speed runs yeah so I uh, lock about, uh, in fact, I would like to mention that in 2016, when I prepared for the race, I was uh, having a weekly mileage of close to 80 kilometers with uh, uh, close to 2,000, 3,000 of climbs. Uh, uh, but when I signed up for the training, my time per week has sort of reduced mm-hmm. and I was able to even perform better. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What were you, where were you? Where were you getting the climbing in here? Uh, Bukit Timah. Yeah. Uh, then everybody starts from Ritchie. Yeah. Twenty one k loop or to BT do one loop up and, and down back around. And back, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That was the sort of key. Uh, and then to, of course in 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 Singapore we do a lot of stair climbs. Mm-hmm. You can always do it in the office even as an 18, 18 story. Yeah. Just up and down, up and down. Take a leap down and up. You mm-hmm. can change it. And uh, I do a lot of downhill running. Find a flat road, just walk up, mm-hmm. speed down, walk up, speed up. That is the the last uh, weeks leading to the race. Um, it worked, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it worked pretty well. Yeah. And then I think we were we were just commiserating with one another about not having had enough time to train in the last year or two. But yeah. so after 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 those performances, you you had a bit more of a quiet spell, or. Yeah, I think it started somewhere in the in 2018 when I went to Aduce Monte Rosa. Uh, I stopped at uh, I couldn't make a cut off. Uh, UTMR, uh, right? Aduce Monte Rosa. Yeah. That's uh, Lisa. So race up in the uh, the Swiss side and the Italian side. I didn't train very well for that, uh, for because of work. Um, it's not I shouldn't use an excuse, but it was just because I couldn't commit entirely to to, to training, and. Uh, the, I did a four-stage race. Uh, that race, it's tough. Yeah. What's the distance? About 170 kilometers and close to 10,000 meters of uh, climbing. 
So that was quite a lot more than you'd ever done before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was an amazing race. Yeah. I think you should sign up for it. It's a really amazing race. Uh, uh, at what point did you DNF? I think it's somewhere going back to uh, to to Matsunaga, I think. Uh, somewhere around 100k, I started having troubles. And uh, I think uh, when you made a cutoff for that race on third day, you're allowed to, to continue the next day, but you don't get an official timing. So we okay. did that. So we went running again the next day the fourth day so you missed the you missed the cutoff on the third day so you're officially eight, out but you're eight minutes <laughs> eight minutes at what so what distance at what point is that 100 120 i think uh, i couldn't wow. remember i think uh it was one of those things uh uh that that uh, it happens yeah. yeah well good on you for carrying on the next day yeah so did you completed the full distance in the end you no i stopped at 150 because uh, a friend of mine from thailand uh, we were running to this uh surface okay surface. and while we were running to the town and i crossed this swiss hamlet and there was this restaurant <laughs> and there was this big signpost yeah beer fresh <laughs> beer and the sense aroma of someone cooking steak yeah went across south face and then i said well i'm going to stop here <laughs> because i haven't had a proper meal steak and beer so yeah. i stopped here yeah, stopped because we couldn't actually make we couldn't even make the cut off anyway right so, uh, right stopped here yeah. but uh that was a very memorable race i'm yeah. gonna go back one day yeah well it's interesting it sounds like as you said you learn you've learned more from from when you've not succeeded than yeah. when you have yeah um, and each time you've kind of gone on and learned and, and yes. applied those lessons. Okay. And then um, what else have you signed up for over the last two years? Have you have done anything else? Uh, myself, we have uh, two of my crazy friends. I think some of them, some of you know who they are. Uh, I've signed up for actually the Dragon's Back. Ah, that's uh, right. So you, you were going to do that with JP. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, I just couldn't train for it because uh, I'm just too close to uh, a lot of my work events. Yeah, just impossible. And then uh, I did want to run the tour, uh, the tenth edition to this year. But again, it's just not possible with the workload that mm -hmm. I'm facing, uh, and as well as I can sense the body is a bit tired after three and a half years yeah. of, of racing. And uh, deep in my heart, I knew that uh, the body needs to rest. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I just listened to it and said, yeah. well, let's take a year off because the races will all be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also made the promise to the family that uh, if I find these races that uh, I can't race, uh, it's always a safety issue. Yeah. That's what I promised my, my family. But, um, so you need to be able to make that call uh, that, well, let's not raise this year yeah. because uh, we are not prepared and and um, I see quite a lot of accidents a couple of mates also they have died after all this uh, trail running thing right so that also affected me a bit in terms of uh, that was what accidents raise. out yeah, on the course yeah. right yeah so I'll be back for sure uh, it's just that now I'm a bit more careful with how many races that I do mm -hmm. And uh, <coughs> the funny thing, it's uh, it's also race races. It is good that you run with your friends because it make it more meaningful. Because at the end of the day, I mean, medals this and that, uh, they are there. But uh, what makes that race that you do with is your friends. Yeah, uh, that's what I want to do. You know, mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, running with friends, run exploring. In fact, not even a race itself could be a holiday that you set up, uh, just running from one uh, point to the next point. Yeah. I think JP and I, we have this uh, dream. I think he did it this year. I couldn't join him. It's like running from one barangay to the next barangay, basically just traversing the, the, the mountains. Yeah. Here. And these sort of like, uh, it's more meaningful to me nowadays as I get older. We get a real little time to 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 race, so I want to sort of make sure that uh, it is meaningful and worth it. Yeah, worth it. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a nice segue then into. I mean, yeah. you still have, even if you're not racing at the moment, you still have quite a lot of active engagement with the running community and with these races through the photography. So, right. and that you know, it's the, the the primary reason we wanted to get you on. Um, so, so how how did that all come about? You said you mentioned earlier that your your father was a photographer. Yes. When did you start? Sort of, okay. you, did you always learn from him when you were growing up? Or? That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I started off as being uh, my father's assistant. There are three of us, three brothers. Uh, that's how the Venture Tree uh, outfit came to. I I shoot with this. Uh, ah, that's the name. That's yeah, the that's, the that's the you that. and your so brothers. I shoot, okay. When I shoot, uh, I, I call myself a Venture Tree. Yeah. Uh, three of us because we were our father's assistant the porters yeah and those days the camera gear and all these things they are not as like as they are now I mean uh, we, are, we were his uh, like stand man right we can be a model as well and his cameras and all these things we just luck up to the mountains um, and what so what was he shooting back then uh, he was a commercial photographer uh, and his free time he's very much into conservation in nature as mentioned earlier, that uh, when I was growing up, uh, I was very much involved with the Malaysian Nature Society. Mm-hmm. So we used to have these um, magazine that we publish. So he shoots for them. He shoots for this magazine, and along the way, it, uh, we visited many national parks in the national park in Tahan, Temanggu, the Belum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced two books from there. One was from the Belum, and the other one was the Kinta Valley. So my sort of uh, connection to photography started from there. I didn't really get to shoot until I left the university where when I went abroad. My dad gave me a camera. Okay. It was after 10 years of lugging gear. What kind of camera was it? It was a Nikon FM2. And I still like the camera a lot yeah. because it's very simple. Um, that's how I got into photography. Uh, uh, basically, it's a way to, to relax, to shoot. You know, some people paint, some people sing, some people write poetry. For mm-hmm. me, photography has always been a way to communicate uh, my emotions and um, the things I want to, to show. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did, you, what, were you, what did you start by shooting? What sort of things were you? Uh, do a lot of nature stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, you don't know what sort of genre for photography. You just keep shooting and shooting, and shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, when I got back into when I got back to Asia, uh, I went to NUS to pursue my doctorate. It was a tough time, and again, running and photography was a way for me to escape. And I don't say that I I went full in into photography. Photography has always been with me. It's mm-hmm. part of the the family sort of work and mm-hmm. blood there. And when I started working, I traveled to India and I started shooting quite a lot of street work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ten years there. 
So those those were those were business trips, personal trips. Those you were shooting business trips. Yeah. Okay. And all weekends, I'll just take a camera on, out on a walk mm-hmm. and observe. And there was this project I was working on, a uh, personal project. It's mm-hmm. known as the in the land of gods and demons, which is for India. My travel notes. Uh, uh, this is not published. Okay. Some of my friends have seen it. My dad has seen it for sure. Uh, then, and was uh, your was your dad giving you feedback when he saw you? Of course, yeah, yeah, lots of feedbacks. Right, lots of feedbacks, and then it's like, well, well, some you want, some you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's hard trying to to please him. I mean, to, uh, I would, I think when I shoot, I would try to shoot, well, what he thinks because he is one of the mas- master photographer in in Epo. Okay, and. Um, he sits in one of the panels and when you look at uh, exams and photography so uh, when you need to produce a, a piece of body of work you need to have at least 11 or 15 photos Can il- 11 or 15 photos is not a lot but when you have a huge body of work uh, how do you select 11 photos or 15 photos to form an essay mm-hmm. um, wait so your your dad was officially judging yeah. your work yeah. his capacity yeah. as, as yeah on yeah, that panel yeah. and the the set of photos I submitted for Tifa was in fact went through him okay uh, the I have about 24 photos and we sat down together and said well um, which one should I s- uh, submit here mm-hmm. those black and white photos uh, yeah 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 and so did did you try and establish your own style did I different did. from your yes. father okay yes yeah, it's the thing. Uh, the thing is, when you learn from a maestro or learn from uh, a, a, a pro, uh, your idol, you start to study his photographs. Mm-hmm. You see how he shoots it, what sort of light, what sort of gear, the angle. You sort of want to emulate it. Mm-hmm. And when you shoot long enough, one day you discover that you can discover your own style. Uh, my style right now is more on if I shoot for trail running. Uh, it's this little team that I call. I think JP knows it. Uh, some friends know it. It's called Small Human Big Landscape. Mm-hmm. The idea is that because trail running is, we shoot a lot of commercial work, which we need to, but going for small human and the big landscape is to give more emphasis on the terrain that we, we, we run along. Um, a lot of times when we run, we don't seem to take note of the trail, mm-hmm. the, the landscape. Uh, around us, take Bromo for example. Uh, if you just stand and look, and then just see so so many details, uh, the the volcanic system there, the complex, we we use a lot of texture, yeah. in different time and different uh, parts of the day. Yeah. So, uh, I if I'm given the freedom to shoot, or shooting my own personal project, it will be all these tiny humans and a huge huge landscape yeah 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 yeah, yeah well, well we'll link to some of your pictures when we put this podcast up but the, yeah. the, the i think the ones i'd come across that you've done were these fantastic pictures from bromo where you've got the yeah. the sort of silhouette of the runner yeah. ascending the peak yeah. that's really interesting because you're, you're right i mean on the one hand trail running and, and ultra running is a is a great way to discover and, and engage with a landscape in mm. a way that you know hiking yeah. perhaps doesn't allow you to do but yeah. but you're right you're moving you know, hopefully fairly quickly and yeah. it, you, you don't get the chance always to stop and take it in. Yeah. 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 And so when did you start kind of officially working at these trail events to take okay. pictures? Um, 2016, uh, to a friend's invitation, said, why don't you return to Bormo for a weekend? Every, all your friends will be there. I said, okay, I'll squeeze it in. Uh, I packed my bags, I packed my gear and I went over to Bromo. 
friends were racing, were running, and going back there was like, wow, two years ago was this, uh, where do I shoot? Um, so I went to Bromo, I picked a spot, uh, Bromo Creator, yeah. and I just waited there. I think that was uh, the first trip, I, it took me, the, the Bromo photos took me three years, uh, two years of going back continuously. So uh, I shot those uh, friends of mine coming up to the yep. creator. Uh, the second year I went back again. To those are the, like the sort of the official race photos. No, no, it was all okay, personal. Just, okay. uh, but then as I know I knew the the race directors okay. uh, started by Jeffrey Ricardo, and then of course we have uh, Hendra and yeah. his team. But the RD in that two year was uh, Jeffrey Ricardo and also Rudy Richmancha. And also, uh, so I asked for permission to get in. Said, "Oh, come on and shoot, no problem." Uh, so I shot the things I wanted, and of course, you have runners coming in, took some photos, and then pass it back to them. But that trip there basically uh, changed because uh, ATM saw some of my work, and they asked me, "Said, well, would you like to join?" And this is one of the and uh, this is through through Chris, to Chris uh, ATM, here, to okay. Chris here. So. Uh, I guess, uh, as they say, the rest is history. And I would say the Bromo was one of my, the the first uh, um, step into uh, shooting uh, uh, trail races in, in, in Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, uh, I was lucky to be uh, be sent to other parts of, uh, of uh, Southeast Asia and Asia, uh, in particular Vietnam, uh, Philippines, in um, Thailand as well. And we, uh, for each of these events, were you going for that same theme of the small people in the big landscape? Uh, no, those will be my personal project because when we shoot for ATM, uh, Chris has uh, uh, ideas of sure. what he needs yeah. for, for, for Asia Trailmaster. Uh, we don't spend our time shoot making token shots, meaning that you stand on the spot, you get a photo, but he wants content, uh, Asia Trail wants content for, Asia Trail Master wants content on the, to promote the race, yeah. and then and, and, um, landscapes, uh, documentary, how do you, how yeah. do you shoot. They've done it, we were just talking about that, they've done a great job with that, I think they, they revamped their website, I don't know, yes, maybe earlier this yeah, year, last yeah. year, quite recently, yeah. um, and they're putting out a lot more content around the races, yes. which is great yeah. because they're such they're such yeah. inspiring so locations. Yeah. So there's another photographer that I work very closely with, with Kirk, Kirk Kenny. Kirk Kenny, in fact, is uh, was the first photographer in the Asia Trailmaster. Are you so? Are you filming as well as shooting, or are you? Oh, I kind of film. Okay. Yeah, just a pure stills. Here. Yeah. Stills. Yeah. yeah. What equipment do you use when you shoot? Uh, nowadays it's with Sony systems uh, because it's mirrorless. I shoot with two sets of cameras. One is a telephoto, and the other is for perhaps a twenty-four seventy or, or wide, depends on the situation. Uh, and those kind of races is just very intense. You just have no no way of of of, of, of changing lens. You and are you? I mean, yeah. for people who I mean, I, I you know I wouldn't know how this works either. But you know, mm. how do you set up around a race like that? Are you are you out on the course? Yes. Sort of hours before it all starts. Yes. Picking your spot. Yeah. Okay. Most ideally, will be like the first thing I'll do is like uh, I'll. We always have long meetings with uh, with, with Chris. So. Look, looking what we need to shoot, what we need to produce. This year, same place, perhaps one, one type of uh, set of images. Next year, something else. 
but it's always about telling a story about the mm-hmm. race, uh, giving that race the, uh, the what is the feature of the race, culturally, the landscape, and all these things. So to prepare, uh, I will look at the race. Will it start? Uh, does the race start in the morning? Does the race start at night? Uh, where would I get those shots? Um, we are always chasing the elites. Uh, uh, when you sh- you also need to learn about the the, the character of the elites, uh, how they make an attack, when they climb, uh, where they feel. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I know some of these elites myself. So yeah. uh, and and uh, like for example, for me, uh, photography, um, you need to pack a gear, right? Uh, depending on location, sometimes you need to climb, and how do you get there? Uh, you need to. Yeah, you uh, out. You're not walking the whole course trying to no, find the spot. No, you know, Chris will perhaps tell you where a good access point is or something like that. Most of the time, it comes from the race director. That means uh, if I go to the race, I will sit down with the race director to ask him what he wants, yeah. and then tell where is the point that I can enter. But perhaps by a bike, by running, by mm-hmm. climbing. If I need to climb, I must also uh, allocate time for coming back down because if it's not, I won't make it to the finishing line right. to shoot uh, uh, the elites coming back. And we have strategies like uh, <laughs> leapfrogging. Mm-hmm. You have uh, two photographers. You don't need to spend time in the same uh, checkpoint, mm-hmm. the same spot. So a lot of planning is involved. Uh, Gear-wise, uh, I pack like I don't. Sh- I will go over with uh, a pack all the cameras and the likes but uh, on the trail it is like uh, I'm running uh, a race uh, I use a light pack mm-hmm. and then uh, water enough to last a day I can feel at checkpoints sometimes I bring a tarp yeah it's rain uh, or shine I guess yeah you're, you're so in running uh, you need a shell for yourself but for photography my first uh, priority is always with my equipment I need to protect equipment waterproof them with a box perhaps or uh, with, with, with some sort of uh, uh, waterproof bag before we even think about our own uh, waterproof yeah. systems um, and batteries and if all mirrorless camera batteries are always uh, a big issue you shoot with perhaps uh, 20 sets of batteries you tend to lose some of them for yeah. sure uh, I've lost quite a lot of them yeah have you had any mishaps where you've you've, you've set yourself up and suddenly realised you've forgotten yeah, a flash a trigger. Pack. Okay. And uh, as well as like um, SD card here. So yep. nowadays I've stopped quite a lot of SD cards here. And then uh, there's no way you can bring a laptop there. Not possible. Yeah. I mean, perhaps you put it in your in, 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 in the hotel. But when you're out there, is you're basically uh, you're one of the runners. Yeah. 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 And so you're, so you're set up in position, you're waiting for the runners to arrive. What do you, I mean, you don't have very long when they do to, to get that shot. What are you looking for? I look for emotions. I look for uh, uh, a story. Um, on a climb, uh, perhaps a downhill. Downhill, right? Cli- a climb, I guess you have a little bit more time because they're, exactly, not, they're not moving so fast. Yeah. So climbs normally you have a bit more more of uh, time to shoot, uh, and then uh, sometimes you know elites, yeah. uh, perhaps, and more more painful facial expressions. Yeah, maybe. and then elites sometimes they're coming up. Uh, if you know the character of the runner, who they basically run together. And some they like to run alone, and if you're together, you gotta got to find that clear shot of two faces, this and that. And uh, it also depends on 
the like, a lot of our races are in understory of the forest, so you need to set up your flash. Yeah. Or if you're in Indonesia, up in Bromo, or up in the, um, somewhere in the uh, in, in the last race was up in Mantra. I mean, the, it's quite at the Mantra summits. So yeah, it's not so much a big issue. Did you have a problem with dust in those environments? Oh yes, I've uh, basically killed two cameras with that. Right. My lenses, it's just the, like the Bromo dust, they're just so fine. Yeah. I mean, it gets everywhere. Yeah. And uh, one of the race, my last project up to Bromo, uh, when I came back, uh, the camera was just uh, went uh, haywire because the up in the crater, the um, the sulfuric gas, when you sort of combine it with moisture, it sort of like uh, can cause a uh, short short circuitry right. to the camera. So two of my camera bodies were just didn't work when I got back and I just sent it back to the factory and had replaced yeah you still got the shots the shots were yeah, stored yeah, and saved yeah, but yeah, the, the equipment yeah. was done for yeah do you um do you get jealous when you're out there do you, do you wish you know that you were participating in the race not really not yeah. anymore yeah uh, it's really a privilege to be a photographer too because we want the, the story the photographs and when you ha- when you get everything right it is just amazing the light the people expression yeah. and uh um i don't get jealous yeah, yeah I, I i'm more of a photographer i would say than uh, to run run that yeah. yeah at least for these last two years yeah yeah, yeah. what are, what are some of the events you've shot recently uh recently uh beginning year was in tahura then I went to uh, VGM with uh, yeah. working for uh, Chris and also for David. Is it David Lloyd? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my second, I think, a third year VGM. Uh, this year Chris was there, so was ah, again, really nice. so I was there. I was there. Their inaugural one, 2017, the VGM. Oh, was there? Yeah, I must have seen you there. It's a pretty small, pretty small set of people in a pretty small village. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think the yeah they've changed the base a bit. Right. Yeah. So that was VGM. Then the CMU. Yeah. And right after that, uh, I know TMBT I went this year, and then I went to Mantra this year. Okay. Uh, what's what's your favorite one of the ones you've shot? Do you still keep coming back to Bromo? Uh, I would go back to Bromo one day just to continue the project. I f- a few more ideas to go. Uh, I would love to go for sure back to Cordilleras. Uh, and what are, what about places or races that you've not shot yet? I would love to shoot somewhere near the Himalayas, mm-hmm. uh, probably a race in Ladakh, uh, which I'm looking at, and then uh, in Nepal. Yeah, uh, I promised a friend. Uh, she said, uh, "Well, could go for Nepal. Yeah, or probably Annapurna hundred. Uh, Bhutan, that yeah. would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And of late, Sri Lanka. Yeah, uh, there's something there." Okay. Yeah, and of course Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia it's really amazing. Yeah, and in Jawa and in uh, and uh, Bali itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so many fantastic races yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, is it, it, it has that thought ever crossed your mind about making this a full time job? Uh, it did. Yeah, somewhere in 2018, I did uh, think about it. But the fact of the matter, it's uh, my work, my day job as uh, a technical engineer. It's I'm working on a lot of geohazard stuff, so I'm very passionate about that one. Yeah. Recently, I'm working on uh, looking at how to uh, uh, rebuild with some friends in, in Indonesia. 
and some agencies had to rebuild Palu. So, so right. there's a lot of work there, uh, technically. Yeah. Uh, like, and I guess that they're not unrelated in the sense that they're both connected to the natural environment and yes, yeah. uh, working in the same part of the world. Yeah. yeah. So uh, perhaps uh, for photography, venture photography, uh, you will spend uh, time on it. Um, of late, uh, Chris and I and, and, and JP, we're thinking of doing something more. Uh, we have many photo 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 photographers around doing a good job. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we might move into. Uh, I might move into uh, things on more of the um, community. Okay, uh, shooting things for the promotions of uh, conservation. Yeah, and and how we sort of improve the community. Something you have probably have seen from CMU. So. Uh, I want to do stories on those things, mm -hmm. uh, portraits of uh, people who uh, who sort of are the champions of uh, the environment, the yeah. trail running, and all these things. So I will spend a bit more time doing those things uh, in the coming years. Yeah. Are there many people doing what you're doing? I mean, you mentioned there's, there's the other guy helping shoot ATM, but okay, yes, yeah, yeah we both have uh, very similar uh, 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 ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, we meet up once a while and back in Hong Kong. Yeah, he's being truly inspiration, inspirational, sharing his ideas, and uh, he has been to some of these places and never been before. So we do share notes mm -hmm. uh, as uh, eighteen photographers. Yeah. yeah. Apart from apart from him, and then obviously your dad. Is there, are there any people in the in the photography field that you really look up to? Yes. Any, anyone whose styles yes. you try to emulate? Yeah, there's one a Japanese photographer. Uh, I, he doesn't know, it, but we meet uh, once in a while. Uh, Sho Fujimaki. Okay. I I love Sho's work. Uh, basically, is the uh, the small people, big landscape. Right. Uh, I think he's doing a great job. He's a very humble person. And yeah. We meet him, it's just like we talk a bit. Yeah, those things. How do you how do you think your own style has has improved, evolved, changed as you've gone along? Yes, photographer, we do uh, have to evolve because you're discovering new projects, yeah. new ways of shooting. You need to adapt. And then if it's as a business, uh, you should need to adapt as well. We need to adapt. Um, do you shoot with your phone at all? Do you shoot? Yes. In okay. fact, a lot of good photographs comes off with a phone because you never know because sometimes... It's always with you, right? Today, it was like, well, I'm not going to bring my f camera. Right. I just want to take it easy. Yeah. And then all you know is that, oh, man, this is the best sunset, the best sunrise here. Yeah. I had a couple of those up in the Cordilleras in Mount Pulak. I didn't, yeah. I didn't bring any camera. It just was was a iPhone 5 here. Yeah. Right. And then that photo, I think, uh, went on to appear in the Asia Trail magazine, I think one of the columns here. Yeah. And I think the one of the editors was struggling there. Well, do you have a higher resolution? This is the best I get here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, um, yes, uh, for the last three years, I think my shooting style has definitely changed. Uh, and then uh, I think it will continue to change. Yep. Uh, with more projects coming up, uh, the sort of images I want to produce, ideas I want to do, uh, it will change. The gear system will change as well. Uh, so let's see. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, my friends can even tell me, oh, Willem, you know, two years ago was this, now is this. Yeah. 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 Where can um, where can people find out more about your work? So you've got there's a Facebook page, I think. Yes, uh, that's what I use to uh, to post. I have a website, but I need to maintain it. Uh, but a lot of my friends, they can see some of work on Asia Trail. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I I post them per, on my Facebook, but I think I should collate them and sort of centralize it in one platform. Yeah. Uh, there were some inquiries on uh, the purchase of some of these photos, but I wish I could actually set up this uh, WhatsApp that I've been thinking about for the last uh, two years. Yeah, perhaps over Christmas and this new year I could, could do something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're here in uh, we're here in my office, and we've uh, we're going to be relaunching the magazine for Malaysia Airlines very soon. So we need to get you featured in there. That'll be, yeah. yeah. be great. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. Yeah, I think because. Uh, I think there are a lot of beautiful areas in in Asia. I mean, Asia is just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think running through those landscapes, photographing them, is is both both just fantastic ways of uh, of appreciating yeah. them. Yeah, and those photographs also in part were shooting for a group of friends. Uh, you know, we have challenges in our lives, and uh, perhaps people, uh, perhaps uh, people who are something that I'm quite. Uh, 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 sort of uh, what what I say it's like uh, people are going through depression mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of personal issues I mean if you just get out of it and and, uh, and the world is just can be yeah be a healing place you yeah know, you need yeah. to you need to make a book of all of these pictures you know I have a, I have a book at home that was it was given as a gift and it's called what's it called it's called something I think it's called Grand Trail. It's yes, uh, this is by uh, yes. I the name. It's bilingual. It's in French and uh, English, I think. By Alex, Alex is the book. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's pic- but it's pictures book, yeah. basically yeah. from the Ultra Trail World yeah, Tour. Yeah, yeah. But there's no. I haven't seen an equivalent for Asia, and and there's just so many beautiful uh, destinations. Yes. You know. Yeah. You know, I think they have they have a couple in that book. There's yeah. Hong Kong hundreds in there, Tarawera yeah. is in there. But you need to do that. You need a book of Bromo and Mantra and oh, Cordillera and yes. all these amazing places. Yes. Yes. And you've got you've got yeah. all the contacts. Yes, yeah. that must be really nice actually when you're out on the course now. Not just the elites, but there must be so many people who know you because you've been. Yeah, yeah. Now fast becoming uh, uh, good friends. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, does that mean you've the problem because everyone's waving at you in the photos? Yeah, that's what we call uh, those Hello Kitty shots. Yeah, uh, nothing against Hello Kitty, but. Uh, it's fun sometimes they sort of like engage you up in the trail um, uh, GP and I we used to joke you know if you place enough photographers in the trail you can probably improve the running time <laughs> because all these runners yeah. you know they don't run but when you see a photographer they, they want yeah. a good picture they will they will run yeah and um, yes some of these uh, runners are becoming uh, uh, one of my very good friends and uh, it's okay. I mean, always what we call so-called Hello Kitty shots. Yeah. Uh, which means that for us now we need to find some better ways to uh, to more effective ways to shoot uh, a true, 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 true running shots. Yeah. I mean, without all these hand signs, this and that. Uh, I have uh, I have uh, uh, plans for that. Yeah. Uh, probably you need to sort of set up your like somewhere, hike somewhere, and then just shoot it from another angle they can't see you yeah yeah and just to close off i mean what's uh, you know if you had to show people one picture to sum up everything you do the picture you're you're most proud of which one would it be there'll be one shot that i shot at korea 50k it was about this 10k shot it wasn't even the uh uh, apart from all the promo shots that i kind of like it's an essay of it's talking about the, the the human condition how humans push ourselves to very limits uh, it's amazing, yeah. Uh, it's this shot in, uh, back in Korea, 50k. About these, it was a sight shot, and it was up on the slope. I was hiding in the bush, and 
was a 10k was slightly uh, a big size guy he was totally out he was two k's left okay his friend was basically pushing at the back to push him up to the slope here <laughs> and this is an amazing thing about running because you see all these uh, brotherhood thing you know friends helping each other to go through all these uh, challenges yep. and they come back stronger and then that is one photograph that I look at it it's like well this is to me it's what trail running is all about it's about fellowship being out there supporting your friends so that could be that one shot that I would say it it exemplifies the uh, the, the human condition yeah fantastic yeah, yeah. William, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's thank been you. A real Rick. pleasure. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah.